Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is a 7 West Media podcast. Divorce. It is an ugly word. But you have heard the stats and you know that the odds that you will either divorce or separate from your partner are fairly high. Divorce is awful. Um, None of us want to go through it. I hope you don't. I hope I don't. I have kids and I can't, I just can't imagine how it would impact on them, let alone how it would impact on me. That's today's show, how divorce and separation impacts on dads and how to deal with it. Mental health is again our focus in this chat, rather than the the practical issues that divorce throws up for blokes, and there are plenty of those, let me tell you. We will open that Pandora's box in a later episode. I'm Alex Cullen, and welcome to Being Dad. My first guest is Alex Laguna, who I chatted to about his work to try and help dads do a better job at being dad. He is dad to no less than five kids. Yep, five kids. He's a very busy man. He's a highly successful lighting director in the film and TV industry. And he started a website called betterdads.com. I asked him how he managed after his life fell apart when he went through a traumatic divorce. You spoke about divorce. You got divorced yourself. Just briefly, yeah, just tell us about your experience. Oh, look, yeah, uh, happened uh, 2009, so it's 10 years ago now. Yeah. It it really, uh, it shakes you, it, it rocks you because I think that when you have a family, you know, you're, you start to build a lot of ideas and what your future is going to look like and, you know, when that, when that breaks down and, you know, all of a sudden you see, you find that you can't see your children every day. You're not going to, you're not going back to the same house. Really, it's a really tough time. Mm. It's a really tough time. Everyone that I've spoken to, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Cause but, you're, you're facing the prospect of, well, your kids aren't in the same house anymore. I think, yeah, that's probably the biggest, yeah. the biggest issue. And, I suppose because I went through a divorce, right, I, I felt like I was like this super sensitive, you know, I was super aware about what my children might be going through. Mm. And so I put a lot of effort into learning about what they needed and what I needed. You know, I went to counsellors and I, just, I worked really hard on making sure there was as little conflict as possible mm. to try and make sure they didn't have to deal with all the crap, you know, that I did that I can remember. But yeah, the, the the prospect of not being able to see your kids every day, even just to kiss them, even if you work, you know, ten hours a day, just to come home and know that they're there, you can give them a kiss and cuddle in bed, whatever, you know, mm. that is really tough. And then, so it's getting used to not seeing them every day. It's not every. I saw them every two weeks for a few years, you know, for two days. 
every second weekend. And it's, that's tough. It's really tough. And it, ha- mm-hmm. it, it happens to, a, a, well, it happens to nearly 50% of the population, but it happens to a lot of men that they just don't get to see their children enough. And, you know, I think that's, that's, that's a big issue. Yeah. It's a big issue. How, how low did you get? Oh, I've, well, I've said it before, you know, if I, one day I, I moved to this little shack in Palm Beach because they lived in Avalon. I, you know, I had lived, moved in this little one bedroom shack and I repainted it. It was rough as it was on a slight lean and, and I had no furniture and I woke up in there one day and I think I woke up hungover. You know, I found myself drinking too much, mm. probably pretty common. And I was just on a mattress in a sleeping bag and I was like, oh, you know. If I had some bootlaces and there were fewer rafters, I, you know, like I was, it, 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 it's like, it's how, how you, you, it's hard to fathom what the rest of your life looks like. Mm. You try and, you, you can't, you know, you can't process all of that information. You know, you, you, you can't see how your life is going to get better. When you should just be trying to focus on that one moment, like just get that one leg out of bed, let's go for a walk and try and get some fresh air and everything will be okay. But because it's all just broken down, Mm. you're trying to think, my kid's going to be okay, am I ever going to see him? Where am I going to live? How how, how is this ever going to sort of come good again? And it's trying to process all of that on your own, Still trying to go to work, still trying to do all these things. It's it's overwhelming. Mm. It's overwhelming without having someone sit there with you, almost go like, okay, just take it easy for a minute. Like everything will be okay. Let's just focus on the right here and the right now. Just do just do these little things. Don't look at the mountain. Look at the next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard. That and that's the. That's, uh, that, that's the most depressing part is you try and process it all and you've got so much going on and, and you, your future looks bleak. Mm. It just looks a bit bleak. But it's not. Yeah. I how'd, will say that. It, it's not. How would you get through it? Oh, I, I went saw a counsellor. Yeah. That's a big step. Big step. Mm. That was my old man said, mate, if you, you don't do this, you'll, you'll, be, you'll end up in the same situation Again, or you'll you'll just be in all sorts. So, counsellor, um, I started doing a lot of exercise. Mm. Had to, couldn't sit still. Just had to walk. Had to process. You know, I'd walk. I'd run. I'd. I, I actually, I, I've, I, I said to myself, every time I think about this divorce, like you know, every time I thought bad about it, I'd drop and do twenty push-ups. Every, no matter where I was. On set, on set, whatever, and I did millions of push-ups <laughs> over say, a couple push-ups? of years. <laughs> well, I could do a hundred. I could do a lot of them, and but but th- th- it would help snap you out of it, give you a little shot of endorphins, and just just physically processing some energy, and uh, mm. it it helped. Being active, you know, getting having clear thoughts, being able to you know get moving. That that was a major one. I learned to meditate. Did you? Yeah. Wow. I've yeah. got to try and do that. Yeah. yeah. That 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 is a um. That, that's a huge, huge gift. A huge tool. Meditation. That uh, I don't think it'll. 
Well, I know enough people do not utilise. No, I don't. Yeah. I want to. Yeah, it'll it'll change your life. Really? Yep. Far out. Yeah. And do you still do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get up extra early, (laughs) you know, if I haven't not slept all night, but because of the kids, I'll get up at 5 o'clock, just do 20 minutes meditation, do it twice a day. Like if I go out shopping and I know everyone's at home or it's all about to happen, I'll park outside and just do it in the car quickly. It's really important just to to get it, you know, and everyone's busy and everyone needs time, but mm. it is life-changing. It is life-changing. Great advice. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, yeah, I, I need to do it because I, I lie there at wait, I, trying to sleep and I'm just thinking about everything. Like I'm thinking about the next day. I'm thinking about when yeah. the kids are going to wake up. I'm thinking about how Bonnie's going. It just, it's There's so much racing around in my brain. Yeah. And I've and I think meditation's the answer. Yeah, it is. Where do we access? How do we find out more about meditation? Uh, look, there's a number of apps out there. There's a good app called Insight Timer, Headspace, and these are, these are a good like little introduction to meditation. And then if you feel like taking it further, you can go and learn from an uh, a teacher. That's what I did. The apps are really good. Um, I mean, look, there's a simple thing of. Of, of taking five deep breaths, right? Five big deep breaths in your nose and out your mouth. That that feeling that you get is just sort of the beginning of of what meditation can do for you. So even if you're having a, a bad day, mm. wherever you want to do it, and take five deep breaths, big deep breaths, even that will kind of be like a little circuit breaker and bring you back down. Mm. Right, and that is like a little sample of what meditation does. But doing twenty minutes twice a day sets you up for the whole day and for for, for moving forward. But it, awesome. it yeah, it it opens up. You, you become a lot more creative. It helps your creative because you just don't have those thoughts racing around in your head like yeah. we do. Yeah, all day. Yeah, all day. Stresses, pressures. It, yeah. yeah, and it. And it's for nothing, right, because it doesn't do you any good. No. You don't come out at the end of the day going, geez, I solved a lot of shit out today, didn't I? You know what <laughs> so I mean? True. I feel good for oh, that. Oh, no. Now I know what I'm doing, right? I've slept, yeah. Uh, you know, you're stuffed. Yeah. You're stuffed and and that doesn't stop. That doesn't stop unless you dive in the ocean and go for a swim or, or really try and break it, you know, yeah. but meditation does that. Perfect. And it, it suddenly... It's suddenly like all of a sudden you have a lot more time for everything that you do. It's really bizarre, but it—I it, it, don't know—it's it, because you do have time, but you just feel like because your head is racing that you don't. But yeah. you feel like so. Then when you sit with your children or you sit with your partner, you are really present. You're really engaged because you're not thinking about some rubbish that makes doesn't mean anything to you. You know. Yeah. It's it's a really it's really really uh, I think it's a really important tool. Totally, that's and such... it's all within you, you know. Yeah, you don't have to do any. I mean, you just sit there quietly, basically, and 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 meditate. Mm. You don't have to. That's it. It's all within you, you know. It's a it's a it's a good one. It's such great advice mm. for me and anyone listening. It's such great advice. Um, so you you used all those tools to really get you out of that funk. Yeah, and so it got better. Um, you know. Did it get better? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gets better. Yeah. It gets better. Yeah. It, it, I think time helps. Yeah. Right? 
obviously they say time heal all all wounds, but by by using counsellors and talking and 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 looking after your body, um, which you need, you, you have to look after yourself because you are faced with so many stressful uh, moments. Mm. You, you, your emotions are like a raw nerve. You've you've got it. You're trying to look after your children. There's a, a partner, your ex partner out there. You might get along. You you there's a good chance you might not. You know, there's all sorts of conflict there. So if you're tired, hungover, stressed, you're just going to lose it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've really got to try and be the best version of yourself you can be because especially if you've got children involved, you've got to do what's right for them. Yeah. And that's hard. When you're going, when you're broken, the hardest thing to do is put all this stuff aside. You've got some ex-partner and you're fighting you know, where really you should just be keeping your mouth shut, going, yep, okay, we'll deal with it properly later or I can't do this now or, you know, you've got to just be calm because mm. mm. your kids might be in listening at their house. The kids might be there. You you, you want to, you know, if your end game is you want to see your kids day in and day out, well, you've got to be having a good relationship with their mum, so you've got to keep your shit together. Mm. Because things escalate and it gets really ugly. It's really strange why it, how it happens that couples who were together and loved each other become so hostile when it breaks down, and it just does. You know, I, I can remember feeling it. You know, you, you're so upset and there's so much going on. You have to do these things to look after yourself, so you can look after your kids and be the best person for your kids because yeah. they need that. Oh yeah, because they're. You know, they say kids are resilient, but I feel like maybe they're more resilient on the outside than they are on the inside. You know, they they take it all on board forever. Mm. Yeah. Right? All they really want is their mum and dad to be together or even just get along. And so that conflict creates anxiety. So, yeah, you've got to look after yourself in a big way. And how is it now? Oh, now it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's still challenging. You know, everything's still challenging, like mm. it is for anybody. And I'm, I'm no different. I've, you know, stuffed things up, probably more so than other people. Mm. But I'm very aware. I try and be. I think being self-aware um, is, is really important. You know, there's a lot going on for all of us. Mm. And if I'm if I'm more aware about what I'm like and and checking in how everybody else is going, then then I get that back anyway. Yeah. Tell me about Better Dads. What a wonderful initiative. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, I, like, like I said, like when I went through that divorce and I did all this stuff for myself and for my children, it was for my children, you know, like I said, I went through a divorce and I think that made me really heightened to what, it, what was needed and what I didn't want my children to have to go through. And so I, I started uh, betterdads.com and... It's just started off as me interviewing high-profile dads uh, about what 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 being a father has been like for them and the challenges they faced. The idea was for other people, mm-hmm. for other dads who might not talk to each other and engage with each other as much as you know, maybe share these stories as much as we possibly should or or do for whatever reasons. Uh, that 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 I could do that for them to get these stories out there. And 
that that's the biggest thing for me is was I just wanted to help with what I learned from my children and it yeah it was it, it, it's really been about divorce and um, separation you know that yeah. that more recently um, that's what better dads has been about I've been you know running some courses and yeah um, Mate, it's great. doing a web series but yeah it's there, a wonderful thing Alex Laguna thanks so much good on you I really liked what Alex said about kids being resilient on the outside, not unlike men, really. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Breakups are just never easy for anyone. But when there are kids involved, it just tends to get messy, so messy, and heartbreak is unavoidable. Divorce is awful. And as blokes, we just tend to bottle it all up and just soldier on. Don't tell anyone about our problems, just soldier on. Mainly because we don't really know what else to do until it all comes to a head. And, well, then what? What can we do? How do we as dads do right by ourselves? and by our kids, and even our ex. Here's a guy who has faced this question and has done something about it. Pete Nichols is CEO of Parents Beyond Breakup. Pete Nichols, welcome to the Being Dad podcast. Good morning. Um, Let's talk about your organisation. Tell me all about it. Tell me about Parents Beyond Breakup. How did it come about? Okay, well, uh, actually it started uh, as an organization called Dads in Distress on Father's Day 1999, so we're coming up for our 20th anniversary this Father's Day, 1st of September. Um, We set up really, um, we were set up by a dad called Tony Miller, uh, who couldn't find the support he required, having gone through pretty difficult separation, lost access to his kids, so he just set up uh, on his veranda. And uh, said, look, if other dads want to come talk to me, it just exploded out of all proportion. At one point, I think we were up to about 50 groups across Australia after about five or six years. Um, Cut a long story short, many years later, we had mums starting to come to see us as well. Uh, And so we set up Mums in Distress. And it got a little bit confusing having an organization called Dads in Distress with Mums in Distress as a sideline. So we rebranded as Parents Beyond Breakup. And now those two uh, services exist, but dads in distress is the main thing that we still focus on. Mm. So, so what what is your mission statement? Um, right, it's to keep parents alive and in their kids' lives. It's mm. that simple. Mm. Uh, we break it down into dads and mums in terms of dads in distress is keep dads alive and in their kids' lives. But it's about keeping them around uh, when they're going through the most stressful thing in their lives, quite often. And it's about you know getting them back into their kids' lives and being a productive parent. 
Yeah. Well, you've been through a divorce yourself. Mm-hmm. What impact did that have on your mental health? Well, uh, okay. So I guess I, I came from a pretty traditional background. Um, I achieved, I guess, what most people would dream of as, uh, I think here you'd call it the Australian dream, but in my case, it was a nice five-bedroom house with a white picket fence, kids in private school, all the things that you kind of dream of one day I might achieve these things. Didn't quite get the yacht, but uh, <laughs> all of a sudden <laughs> the relationship fell apart and almost instantaneously I was banned from my home. I'd lost my partner. I uh, lost access to my child. The stress of it actually meant I couldn't work anymore after a while. I was self-employed, so I found it very hard to work. And so you go through this very, very fast downward spiral. And I think, you know, as a, psych- a psychologist would refer to it as a, as adjustment disorder. It's just too extreme, too quickly. Uh, I have no coping mechanism. I don't know anyone else who's gone through this in the way that I have. Mm. And uh, I suppose over a period of time, just fighting to get access to my my daughter, uh, forget about anything else. So I wasn't really worried about the money or the home. Um, but just that then leads you into something called chronic situational distress, which is I can't seem to get any headway. And so you develop something which I, I guess I liken to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You can't cope with the world around you. You lose trust in everyone. I couldn't open my mail. Um, I really lost trust in officialdom. I lost belief in the justice system. Mm. Um, and, you know, to take it to an extreme, I'm, I'm pretty blase about it now because it was a long time ago, but I actually attempted, uh, to take my life on two occasions because I just saw no way out of this. Um, things are fine now. I mean, here we are some 15, 16 years later and the situation is very good. I get on with my uh, ex-partner, mother of my daughter. We get on extremely well. We're actually very close. Mm. Uh, we we co-parent our daughter, who's now 22. Um, we still parent her. I mean, I think we're always going to carry on parenting until she finally moves out at the age of 30 or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you listen to this, darling, it's time to go. Um, <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, at its lowest point, I couldn't deal with the world. I just could not deal with the world outside. You you tried to end your life twice, Pete. Yeah, yeah. How did you get through that? How did you overcome that absolute, well, depression, anxiety? Well, that's interesting. I, I don't know that I could have explained it to you at the time, but retrospectively looking back and now working in the field I do, I go to all the conferences, I listen to all the academics, I realized something, which is at the time I I was suffering from two things which are major precursors and the key drivers of suicide in men in particular, which is a sense of isolation. Uh, I don't know anyone like me. I'm the only guy going through this. I'm having to explain it to everyone and justify these things being said about me aren't true. So you feel this profound sense of isolation. The second thing was a profound sense of hopelessness. There's no way through this. And if you look at most male suicide, interestingly – we talk a lot traditionally around it being a mental health issue, and there is a mental health aspect to this. But actually, what the research shows is that women predominantly, the majority of suicide in women, uh, is down to mental health issues. For men, it's something called situational distress, which doesn't easily fall into the category of mental health. And what does that mean? It means that if you deal with it as a medicalized issue, you're not getting behind the sense of isolation and the sense of hopelessness. So sometimes, Sitting in a bunch of, in a, amongst a bunch of guys who have gone through it, mm. peers. So these are my kind of fellow foot soldiers. The guys have been through it. They know how to survive this. And then also learning from them that there is hope. That's what it takes. And so I can talk a little bit about, um, 
the impact that our support service has on individuals. So, for example, we know that when guys come to us, we get them to do a quick sign-in where they answer a couple of questions anonymously. But it allows us to understand what impact we're having. And 51% of the guys that come to us answer positively or agree to the question, recently I have felt some level of suicidality. But by the third session with us, on average, that's zero. So within three sessions of sitting around with a bunch of guys who've been through it all in the trenches, it flips them around. If you look at traditional mental health kind of approaches, you're talking many months of therapy, uh, medication, et cetera. So with men, we need to be a little bit careful when we talk about mental health. It can be mental health. It can be chronic. It can be something that's deep inside you that's emotional. But it can also be practical. I just don't know how to get through this. If I'm shown the way to get through it, that issue disappears very quickly. Yeah. And what what are the the big issues men separated have to get through? What what are the the, the, the big issues that um, they have to deal with? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it, it's complex, and we try and kind of bring it down to some, some kind of simple a simple level. I mean, look, humans are. My background is working in psychology. But I mean, but humans are social animals. And so within any social group, there is an inherent need for fairness. You know, we need to share the resources, et cetera. So we all like to be treated fairly and we, we, we feel a, a strong sense of injustice if someone isn't treated fairly. Well, you know, going through a separation, particularly as a, as a, as a man, can leave you with a profound sense of injustice because quite literally, instantly, you can be thrown out your home and lose I think, as I touched upon, you can lose your home, your partner, your children, access to all your assets. Everything you've ever worked for or believed in has just taken away instantaneously. And the cost of getting that back through the system, I'm not going to talk about the family courts here. We could be here all day. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, it's know. funny. Even yeah. we heard from Alex earlier, but mm. he said that the hardest thing was not having your children on the same roof anymore. Exactly. That's possibly the hardest single thing of all. It's that sense of injustice that comes from... I'm also a parent. Mm. I also love them. Why can't I see them? Um, so, yeah, that, that's a really difficult one. So it's that sense of injustice and then multiple aspects to it. But, you know, the kids are the one that eventually you realize. You see you see, dads doing the same thing that mums do, which is, you know, you first you panic about the home and the car and the money and everything, and then it dawns on you, hang on a second, the kids. Mm. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> it's the kids. And if I can't see the kids, it's it's astonishingly difficult to cope with that. Yeah, the kids are, are paramount, and we talk about yeah. that a lot in this in this podcast. Um, how does this impact kids, and how do we how do we stop it affecting them so much? Well, look, I think the uh, right we can we can make that complex, but the really simple answer is that the kids need to see the parents interacting positively for the right end for them. You know. Um, it's very, very difficult for a child who loves both their parents to see their parents at loggerheads with each other. Uh, and that's not rocket science. So that you don't have to be a psychologist to know that. Um, I, I think what people don't understand is just how profound that impact is on kids. So without getting into kind of, again, reams of statistics, we know that the level of suicide amongst children massively increases uh, amongst parents who are going through an adversarial uh, separation. Gee. Not a separation that is kind of amicable. And when I say amicable, look, you know, at the point of separation, you're hardly best mates. <laughs> yeah, uh, You're separating. But as long as you kind of get on, the kids can cope with that. It's the point at which mum's having a pop at dad, dad's having a pop at mum. They're being, you know, their loyalties are being dragged in one direction or the other. 
it's appalling the impact it has on children. What can happen to dads in divorce, you know, mentally? And, and how do we avoid those pitfalls? Okay, look, I mean, again, without wishing to make it complex, the easiest thing I think you can do and the most important thing you can do, and quite often it's the last thing on dad's lists, is to actually meet up with other guys who've been through it. It's, it's, it's not the most important thing in your head at the time. At the, at the time, it's like I just want to fight to see my kids or to get access to my property or whatever it happens to be. Um, so you'll typically go to lawyers. You might even go to psychologists, and there's nothing wrong with that at some point if you feel you're struggling. But as a dad who's been through it, uh, and as a guy that works in an organization that, where we see thousands, tens of thousands of these guys, you start to see patterns after a while. What they really need is to sit down with peers and go, am I actually doing the right thing here? And what actually happens with peers that doesn't happen with professionals, and which is why it's so powerful, is that guys will call, it, call each other out. So sit in a circle. We run these meetings, support meetings that we have in a very constructive way. It's, there's, it's nothing, I mean, I think the questions we get by email sometimes are, is this happy clappy? Is it religious? No, it's none of those things. Okay. It's, it's a bunch of dads sitting in a circle, having a constructive, positive conversation about what's going on in their lives and how they can help each other. But the powerful thing is that guys will call each other out. If so, if a guy's doing something wrong, it, it's always amazing to me how four or five of the other guys, oh, I won't say the kind of things they typically say, cause it's all confidential, <laughs> but we don't hold back. Yeah. Um, doesn't ever get adversarial or anything like that, but they'll say, you know, mate, you're doing the wrong thing. You're not communicating well. Of course, you're winding her up. What do you expect? Mm. And so the, the interaction with our groups and the peers tend to get these guys into a reasonable place where they, they get their head around the issues. They're communicating well. They're not going down the adversarial court process necessarily, which I don't think is that good for anyone unless you're a kid of a lawyer in a private school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of things you can do. Yeah, well, I, and I think – what I get from that is the fact that you're not alone. Is that is that yeah. the most important thing for these men to hear? I th I th well, it's two things. I, I think it is the isolation. I'll come back to that. The isolation and the hopelessness. The hopelessness piece is the bit that statistically tends to link more to suicide. Now, it's not all about suicide. We're, I mean, we're there to help guys not to do that. But, uh, you know, that's the worst possible outcome. But the worst possible outcomes give you an indication of what's the worst problem. Mm -hmm. So the sense of hopelessness is the worst thing. There's just no way through this. And going back to something I mentioned earlier, which is around the difference between mental health and or standard medicalized mental health and being classed as someone in situational distress. Um, with situational distress, if I feel hopeless and I don't know how to get through this next court hearing or I don't know how to communicate with her, I don't know what to say to the police uh, because I'm being accused of something. Um, speaking to a guy that has been through it, or three or four guys, and thinking through what's the most positive way, proactive way I can handle this without winding anyone else up by doing the right thing for my kids and testing my ideas, that that is astonishingly powerful because it takes all the hopelessness away. I walk away, if I go to a weekly meeting, I walk away with a very clear plan in my head how I'm going to make the world a better place for me and my kids this week. I'm not going to get into a fight. I'm not going to be abusive, whatever the, whatever is going on in my life. That's the most important thing, that sense of hopelessness. I have hope. I know how to handle this. The isolation just automatically happens because I'm sitting in a group of guys who are going through it as well. Yeah. There is hope. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, just give us the stats again, the suicide stats if you can, in, in men yeah. going through breakups. Yeah, sure. So roughly one in four of all suicides in Australia are down to, uh, are males 
who are going through separation. And so the level of sep- the level of suicide based or linked I, sh- I should say we can't say 100% cause there's a there's a link but you can't say what exactly caused it. Sure. But there's a there's a link between ma- uh, male suicide and separation which doesn't seem to exist for for females at all. So the rate of suicide amongst women does not go up uh, post separation for males it goes up dramatically uh, such that a quarter of all suicide is separation related. There's a deeper level, which is those who suicide specifically due to custodial matters. And on that ground, on that kind of uh, criteria, we, at the moment, based on the knowledge that exists and that is acknowledged by academia, it's around a hundred per year. So that's every three to four days, a dad will take his life. Uh, there's a few women in there as well, uh, specifically around custodial matters, not separation. That's a staggering figure. It is. God. Yeah. Um, these forums you have. Yep. Tell me about those. Okay. So um, we we tradition is like three things that we do uh, uh, to support people. Um, the most traditional thing, how we started, were are the groups or the forums, as I think you call them, but they're kind of groups. These are groups that meet typically on a weekly basis, sometimes two weekly or monthly, but typically weekly in a local town, wherever it happens to be. We have one here in Sydney CBD, which meets every Tuesday night. It's a brilliant group. And it's volunteer dads who've been through it, so their peers running the group on the on uh, you know for the benefit of other dads. You don't have to book; you just turn up. It's two hours, regular clockwork every week, come rain or shine, whether it's Christmas Day, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're always running. Um, you come along, you sit down, you hear other stories. You you can share your own. Um, there's a first half where we do that. Uh, that, so that kind of addresses the isolation. You suddenly realise, wow. Um, actually, one of the most common. <laughs> Things that we hear from dads are, I thought my situation was bad <laughs> until I was, there's always someone worse than oh, you in someone worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we make sure there's, there's somebody who's been through it, uh, typically that sits in the room that's got like the worst case you've ever heard of <laughs> seeing a room. It's like, yeah, I survived it. It's okay. You'll be all right. Brilliant. Um, dads out there who are going through a divorce. Yeah. How do they access these? Well, actually, you know, it just dawned on me to answer that question. I should have answered the last one properly. So we sure. have the groups. We have uh, we also have mentors who are one to one support people uh, dotted around the country. Where maybe there's not a big enough town to support a group on a regular basis, but you know, there's a guy that's trained up by us. You can meet up for a coffee or whatever, have a chit chat. There's also our telephone helpline. So for anyone that isn't near a group, they can speak to one of our guys on the phone. And again, we don't have psychologists. We actually have. Peers have been through it who are trained who you're never going to talk to anyone that doesn't actually know what it's like. Um, so in terms of reaching out to us, best thing is to go onto the website, parentsbeyondbreakup.com, nice and easy, or give us a call. Uh, can I share the number? Of course. Okay, so give us a call Monday to Saturday during the day. We're looking to extend those hours, but for now it's kind of 9 to 5, Monday to Saturday. The number is 1300 453 but yeah, parents beyond breakup, uh, or even just put dads in distress into uh, Google, and it'll come up straight away with a website. Brilliant. And I'll read that number again: one three hundred eight five three four three seven. So That's Monday to Saturday. That's right. And if you leave a vo- look, if you call outside of hours or or the like, guys are busy. Do leave a voicemail. That's one of our most fr- frustrating things. We get calls; they don't leave any details, and they're anonymous. And you think 
that's a bloke out there who needs help and we can't ring him back. We always ring back, always, always, always religiously ring back. And right. a really key thing to say here, sorry, just one last thing to say about it is it is 100% confidential. Fantastic. I know you've got something coming up uh, on Father's Day of this year. Yes. You're launching something very special. Yeah. So, listen, it's our 20th anniversary. I think I touched upon that right at the beginning of uh, the conversation. Um so 1st of September uh, 2019, we're launching a campaign called Dads Alive, uh, exclamation mark or one word. And it's uh, it's a bit of a, a play on our tagline, which is keeping dads alive and in their kids' lives. It, it's several fold. It's a year-long campaign, and it's about raising awareness that we exist, that help exists. I mean, going back to the one in four of all suicides we really need to get the message out. It's astonishing how many dads just don't know that we exist. So we're looking to launch a national campaign to make it better known. Um, it's about getting organizations, uh, agencies out there that can refer guys, you know, whether it's Relationships Australia, Lifeline, Beyond Blue, they get calls from the guys who don't know we exist. They can refer them on to us. Um, and it's a year-long campaign to get people to offer us venues for meetings, for people to come forward to us to volunteer. We're 99.5% we're volunteer run. For love, not money. It's definitely for love. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's about getting people to know that we exist. It's about getting the support we need to keep us going and growing. And it's also about collecting some of those lived experience stories, case studies. And there are some pretty horrific stories out there that we want to present in a report at the end of that year. Uh, so... In our twentieth and our twenty-first anniversary, Father's Day, twenty twenty, we'll be presenting our twenty twenty vision mm. for the future of fatherhood in Australia. What do we need to keep these guys alive and in their kids' lives? Fantastic. Sure. Keeping dads, keeping dads in distress alive—that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Pete Nichols, CEO of Parents Beyond Breakup. Thank you so much for coming in. This has been just fantastic. Thanks for being here. Sure, Alex. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Pete talked a lot about isolation there, and I think it's important to note that you are not isolated. You are not alone. So thank you, Pete. That was just fantastic. And look, if you are in the throes of a separation, get in touch with these guys at www.parentsbeyondbreakup.com. There's also a number, 1300 853 437. That's 1300 853-437. They're available Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5. But if you call outside those hours, leave a message and they will, I promise you, they'll get back to you. And of course, everything that we've spoken about today, all the tips, all the resources you need, just go to our show notes. Also, if you go to our Facebook page and like Being Dad, we'd like that very, very much. And please, if you have anything you want us to talk about, leave us a message or just post it on our feed. Next week, I'm talking to my mate and TV and chefing legend, Colin Fasnich. This one's an absolute cracker, and we talk about his experience of being dad to two daughters. So please subscribe on Acast, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please share and give us five stars so that other dads out there can find us. I'm Alex Cullen. Join me next time as I talk to other dads about their experiences of being dad. This was a Seven West production. The producer is Jake Taylor, and the executive producer is Nikki Hamilton. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 